This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC on location, San Diego, Ursa 2019. I have the pleasure of uh, two new friends of mine, uh, Ron Lamb, CEO of Daxco, and Jeff Van Dixorn, who uh, I've known uh, episodically through the industry uh, through Club Automation, uh, which is now part of Daxco, which uh, is investment from GI Partners and is making uh, big waves in the industry with helping get all of the uh, the, uh, the, the multi-unit operators, the YMCAs, the JCCs to move forward and make sure we can help more people's lives. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, so, uh, so Ron, why don't you talk first about your background, which is a, an interesting one and in, in always bringing seasoned executives into the halo sectors get to benefit everyone and, and more capital. So let's talk about where you came from and how you got here and welcome to the space. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Thanks for uh, having us on the show. Uh, my background is in retail automotive. Spent 26 years with a company called Reynolds and Reynolds, mm-hmm. and we were focused on uh, enabling dealerships to better engage consumers to really drive a, a superior experience. And uh, our goal was to transform that industry. Um, how did we do that? Well, um, superior web technologies, mobile technologies, interactive, uh, engaged tools in the dealership to help you pick the right car, to help you accessorize the right car. Uh, some of the technologies, frankly, became pretty amazing. Uh, if somebody called the dealership, it would screen pop and tell you who they are, what's going on with their car before you said hello. So nice. we would have consumers all the time going, this is freaky. Uh, when you would drive your car up to a dealership uh, that had all of our advanced technologies, we used RFID technology to identify the car. So the person would walk out and say, hey, Pete, welcome. I see this is what you want to have on your car. And and then the, the loaner would actually be sourced against being able to put you in a new car nice. uh, and I figure out the payments and just a lot of really amazing technologies to make the consumer feel special and to give them that engaged experience where they'd actually want to go back to that particular dealership. Amazing. So now you were there for over 25 years. Yes. So maybe just, uh, you know, before we get into the Halo sector and Daxco, talk about, you know, you, how you started this company and how it evolved and you, you, were, you were president at the time. So... Th- it sounds like this is kind of your brainchild. Yeah, no, uh, I, I I was one of many many thousands of brains there, and okay. I was probably on the low end of the spectrum. Crank, frankly, uh, had amazing team I got to work with. I started out as a sales trainee, and like any kid out of college, I was newly married, up to debt to my eyeballs. I just needed a job. Sure. Got hired in, and the uh, vice president of sales said, you know, son, you're going to make a lousy salesperson. You should get your MBA. I was like, well, that's <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, thanks for the. <laughs> And I took that as a personal challenge, and I dedicated myself to learning the profession of sales. So I simultaneously got my MBA at night and then uh, sold for about 11 years and uh, had had a few good lucky years, got set some records, got some attention, and then uh, moved to corporate. I had a real run in corporate and various marketing jobs, SBU leaders, things of that nature. Then uh, the economic calamity of 08 occurred. And from a car dealership's perspective, it was really tough because 25% of our dealerships went out of business. Wow. And they weren't coming back. So we had to resize, retool, rethink about who we were. Uh, I began uh, sharing a a vision of how we should focus on the consumer. Um, A lot of uh, other like-minded folks, uh, like my VP of marketing and some other champions were like, hey, we need to pivot our whole organization. And literally out of the blue, the owner one day said, hey, I want to make you president. And, and I said, of what? <laughs> and he said, Reynolds. I go, like, like Reynolds? He goes, yeah. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, I called my wife and I said, you're never going to believe what happened. And she said, did you get fired? Said, no, no. And I said, but I, I get a plane. She's like, what are you talking about? And I go, he wants to make me president. She goes, did you hear him right? I go, did you hear me right? I'm getting a plane, you know? Wow. So, um, it's a good day to show up at the office, eh? I mean, yeah. I'm not bad. Right? Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was definitely a, a high watermark. And uh, so my team, we just basically said there's no limits. What are we going to do? What are we going to build? What are we going to acquire? What are we going to bring together? And nice. uh, it's the amazing thing for me is I had a front row seat of watching this team do um, just phenomenal things and, and literally transform the experience, which gave our dealers a competitive advantage in the marketplace. So it's all about making that consumer, engaging that consumer and providing a, a superior experience. Yeah. Um, so before, before, as you guys were building the software and, you know, it sounds like you kind of thought of every different component of like, how do I make the experience better? But also how do I enable and empower each one of these car dealerships to know as much as they should know or more? How did that, it sounds like you started in the business, so you kind of like understood the customer better than anyone else. And then it sounds like you had a pretty amazing team that said, okay, here's all the frustration points. Right. And we're going to solve them and we're going to get on the front end. So if someone wants to come in and try and do a bell and whistle software, like you're not, it's not going to happen. Like we, we own this customer because we, they own their customer and they own their customer because we gave them the ability to do that. So how do you think about that experience and how that is giving you the ability to do what you're doing at Daxco? Mm-hmm. So there's, you have to have parallel paths. And uh, what we did, you know, Reynolds couldn't be all things to everybody. So we also had a very robust, robust integration program. And we had a couple of hundred providers that we worked with. So mm-hmm. it gave our dealers choices uh, in how they enabled. So they, they had a plethora of websites and CRM tools and other engagement tools they could use. Now, we felt pretty prideful. We thought our stuff worked better, but they, we would still give them that choice to figure out what was best to run their dealership. Gotcha. Uh, and, you know, typical dealer would have 10 to 15 different providers to have that end to end In their spectrum. tech stack. In their tech stack wow. from beginning to end. But it's a very complicated business, so it, sure. that's not, not that surprising. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, so how did you get to... Um, how did you get from Reynolds to, to Daxco? And then we're going to uh, give Jeff the mic for a couple minutes. Yeah, I've been a, a, a fit, fitness uh, kind of freak all my life. I, I uh, grew up playing hockey. had a chance to play a little bit in college. And, nice. Um, you know, so, and then kind of old man's leagues ever since. Uh, but I, I love going to the gym and uh, love working out. And just it's very, very central to, to my life. Uh-huh. Uh, and so... Seeing Daxco and where they are and, and where this industry is, I think most people, for as good a job as we do, with the experiences we provide, there's, there is a uh, dearth as far as technology and technology-enabled service uh, within the industry. We're doing a lot of things manually. We're not taking advantage of artificial intelligence. We're not taking advantage of insight analyses, business intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and frankly, um, a lot of consumer experiences are pretty clunky because they have to go from app to app or, or, or whatever to sure. schedule things or communicate. So it's, it's very nascent and it's really where retail automotive was 10 years or so. So the, the other similarity that I love uh, and maybe the one that I love the most is the entrepreneurs that I'm meeting that own these clubs, that drive these clubs. They're just fun people. They're passionate people sure. about helping the world be a healthier and happier place. And let's face it, the, the data is pretty scary. 
in the United States the last three years. The life expectancy has declined. Uh, that hasn't happened since World War I. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a fitness and health crisis in this country. And I believe all of us working together can really be part of the solution. And so I'm really excited to, to, to be a small part of the solution. Yeah, just, just, just one aside. I was reading uh, on my uh, Apple News, just popped up. It said that restaurants are, are, are trying to become more friendly to people that are larger because of the obesity situation. I'm like, that's not the answer. Like, we're not making these booths bigger. Like, we got to, like, solve the problem. We're not going to try to accommodate this. So I'm with you. That's kind of what we're doing on the Halo movement. So we're excited that, that we could do this together. And, you know, the more, uh, you know, people that we bring in with your kind of skill set is, is we're going to get there quicker. So, Jeff, um, why don't you talk about, you know, club automation and your background and, you know, your your history in the, in the sector and how uh, – you know, our trio here is going to conquer the world and change the uh, change society. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, thanks for having us. Um, my background really comes out of operations. So about 25 years ago, um, started at my initial club, uh, multi-purpose club, built up that organization to 13 locations. And really, ultimately, like, like Ron said, and really the goal was to make a healthier and happier world and, and committed to, you know, providing that experience to our members. And that led to founding club automation you know at the time we were trying to solve some problems in terms of not only operating our business but connecting with members appropriately building out the right tools to engage our members and so that led us on a journey to solve the problem we had in our club organization Mm -hmm. and i think like all great businesses are trying to solve a problem that someone has and that leads to wow if we're having this problem other people are trying to solve the same issue right so that naturally really organically led on the front end, you know, about 10 years ago, having some early adopters that really believed in what we were doing, that continued to grow and snowball until, you know, it it really, we kind of started creating a movement. And then like all movements, it takes money uh, to make that happen, right? And so we found ourselves a couple of years ago, um, really wanting to accelerate what we were doing and serve the industry more effectively. Um, And then that's really what led to then um, the acquisition by Daxco and GI Partners and, and at the time, we were mostly competing with CSI Spectrum, you know, kind of in yeah, that sure. multi-purpose club space. And mm-hmm. it made a lot of sense to combine with that organization, which been a, has been a leader in this industry, you know, for 30, 40 years. So um, kind of building on that legacy is exciting. A lot of respect for that group, you know, um, Jonathan and their family, the Rosses for what they did there and, and just trying to continue in that path. So... When you when you got acquired by by Daxco, did you run a process? Was there an embedded relationship there? Did did how did that evolve? Just for people to understand, sometimes you can run a auction process. Sometimes you can talk to people and say, "Hey, look, this is the best part. This is the best path to like creating value." And here's the support I need. I think a lot of the smaller players in, in this tech stack, which you know, Ron, as you mentioned, you know, it was like 15. You know. You could be like, you know, like a hundred different providers. And, you know, some of these guys have like one or two, you know, development people and they might not be, you know, in the U.S. and they might not, who knows what server they're on and who knows where the, the data is. And it's, it's a little bit scary. It's so a lot, I, it's a lot, scary. <laughs> it's a lot more scary than I think probably people really know. Yeah. So, um, thank you for doing things correctly. <laughs> well, it, it, unfortunately in my old world, um, retail automotive dealers tend to be some of the prime targets. Uh, is the is for, the, for data 
breaches. Well, both data hacking, but yeah. also the, the government to prove a point. Oh, and so I've, I've high gotten profile. Yeah. Uh, high profile and I've gotten dragged into a number of uh, cases. Mm. And it's it's a it's a really, really ugly situation. We saw it with Target a few years ago yeah. and the devastating effects that had. And at the end of the day, when you actually look at the forensics, Target was not in the wrong. It was a third-party company that got hacked, and then they yeah. backdoored through the network, through the firewall. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a there's a lot of work we need to do in this industry quickly sure. to secure things before we have a few poster childs of our own, because it's only a matter of time, and that you can you can't see the bomb, but you can hear the fuse. Yeah. So yeah. so so yeah. When, when was when was the impetus and and the year when you said, okay, look, we, you know, we want to be part of a larger organization and or if it's time for you know us to kind of you know merge or join forces yeah it's a great question and i think initially it was uh like i said it was a couple years ago that we realized you know um we have a huge opportunity here to serve this space more effectively and started talking to you know our investment bankers about kind of raising funds so initially actually our our goal was to just go through a, an extensive, extensive fundraising mm-hmm. that led to then connecting with GI and Daxco. And um, it really made the most sense for us as an organization. Uh, you, you really struck on a, a really important point. It really isn't just about the, the funding. It's about uh, combining with an organization that has extensive expertise, you know, mm-hmm. and, and our ability to ramp that way was much faster. You know, we're part of a, a group now where we're sharing experiences and and uh, and, and I would say expertise across our product lines mm-hmm. um, that exponentially accelerates our growth. The number of engineers we have that can work again across product lines um, and all those things. And I, and I would say a big part of what was exciting for us is to have the expertise. And I think when Ron came in, this was something that our industry is not uh, not seen. And I think. When we started with Club Automation, there was this sense that this industry is underserved. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have people like Ron who come in from industries that have gone through these transformations. To me, it's exciting to see, hey, what's the next level of where we can get to? And again, that's that's possible um, more so than just raising money. It's it's because sure. now we're a part of a larger group. So, do, you know, for, for the entrepreneurs that are out there and maybe companies that, that that you're talking to, you know, as you continue to look at, at opportunities to, to consolidate and, and, you know, make sure that the tech stack is under one umbrella. Yeah. We have a lot of entrepreneurs that come in and say, like, I'm going to create a $100 million company. I'm going to create a $500 million company. I'm like, All right, why don't you go get to five or 10 before, <laughs> like, you get that high? But I think at some point, a lot of companies need to say, okay, this is as far as I can take it. Mm-hmm. And if I stay alone, I might not ever sell my company and I might lose out. So how do you think about when you're talking to some of these targets or you're thinking about like, hey, this is an interesting niche, you know, the Zen, maybe it's a Zen planner acquisition or things that you're looking at without naming names, but saying like, look, guys, I know you want this X valuation for your company, but just trust me, like you're as far as it's going to take and you're not going to go and raise five million bucks. And if you raise five million bucks from this guy and give away 50 percent of your company and they need to make a three X return, like you're not going to get there on your own. Like, like I want to like pour a little bit of a cold water on, on the reality because I want companies to merge and I want the, you know, the, the industry to benefit. So, so what I found both at in my old career as well as now is when you talk to those entrepreneurs, they, they have a dream. They sure. have a, they have a vision of where they want to go. So then it becomes time and resources of how you get there. 
And part of what we try to do is lay out a clear path of, look, if you join forces with us, uh, we can get you there faster, and it probably can be bigger than what you had hoped. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, as far as structuring the deal, Pete, you, we, we create uh, very aggressive uh, earnouts and bonuses mm-hmm. so that that entrepreneur will uh, yield a, a greater return as we realize that together. Mm-hmm. I think in uh, the case of club automation, when you look at the CSI Spectrum customer base, uh, very solid, very loyal, been mm-hmm. around decades. Uh, but but the platform is what the platform is, mm-hmm. and it's it's built on technologies that that you know we're not going to label as cutting edge. Sure. Uh, whereas Club Automation, being a SaaS platform, it has a terrific amount of runway, uh, mm-hmm. decades. So the the beautiful story for those who are on CSI Spectrum is normally to make the change to the next gen technology, you got to go find a different partner, mm-hmm. and you know you don't know what you're going to get. And so, you know, our message to those folks and why this acquisition and, and this partnership made all the sense in the world is we've gone to that customer base and said, look, at your leisure, could be now, could be next year, the year after, the year after, whatever it is, right. you now have a path. Right. You and now it's have a logical. Of your business. Yeah. It, and whereas club automation, if they continued down their path, those all would have been conquests. Right, and we right. probably would have gone and figured out a different way to solve that problem and shut that door. Right. right so right, now right. everybody wins. Everybody wins in Mm -hmm. in the way this came together. So it's really figuring out those pieces, how one plus one equals five Mm -hmm. instead of one plus one equal two. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I I would say uh, that literally hits the nail on the head. And I think as an entrepreneur, there's obviously two pieces to this, right? Obviously, you start a business because you have a passion about solving a problem. And if you come back to the core and to Ron's point, it really is one plus one equals five. And we've experienced that. Um, That's not to say that there's not challenges when you integrate and you go through that process, but ultimately, you know, coming out of this a year later, we're we're realizing all of those benefits. And ultimately, who's going to realize that is the club operators. And even more importantly, ultimately, who realizes that is the member of the Mm -hmm. club and comes back to what Ron talked about. Now you're really having an impact on society. And again, as an entrepreneur, you have a dream, right? And the, and that's the dream. I don't think, uh, at least for me, the dream wasn't, you know, we're going to build up this company and sell for X number of dollars. The dream started to solve problems, sure. to serve. Um, obviously, you do want to exit and make money. You know, it, it's, it's part of capitalism. But, you know, it, it's exciting to see that re- reality come true. Yeah. As you look at, uh, you know, Ron, the, 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 the landscape here and you say, okay, look, there are all these technologies out there. There are all these bells and whistles. You know, we got competitors that have capital. We got competitors that don't have capital. And we need to figure out, you know, where our place is and also make sure that the customers and, and our clients know that, like, look, we're a well-capitalized business and you need to think about that. And you need to think about it hard. Like, you might want to say, okay, I want to pay X a month, you know, for this. And, like, I'm going to try and haggle you guys on this and that. But they don't understand that I got PCI compliance. I got servers. I got SaaS. I got development team. You know, like... Without like scaring everybody, like give just give a little window, maybe both of you guys into like what it takes to actually support a company uh, of this size and 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 somebody who's bootstrapping out of you know uh, some country that uh, you know has got two development guys that they found off of you know sparehire.com, you know like what 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 where this is going and what you need to be safeguard against. Yeah. So when when you're an entrepreneur and you're you're looking at that, uh, there is something exciting about building it from the ground up and being your own boss every day. 
but there's also something miserable about that as well. <laughs> and I think we've I think all been there, right? It, we've yeah. all been there. And, you know, commenting theoretical and then passing it over to Jeff, you know, we, we have engineering and development and research and marketing and product planning teams right. uh, where these fe- people are very experienced professionals uh, that do this a mile deep. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you join our family, you no longer have to worry about human resources and payroll and negotiating those things and whether there's going to be money in the bank uh, for payroll the next day. You no longer have to worry about technology. Everybody gets new laptops, and we've got a refresh program. Uh, And then as far as as you build your technologies, we've got proven platforms that we can take them on. Uh, We've got uh, terrific uh, hosting arrangements. We have an entire PCI compliance team. We have a data team. We have data scientists. We have all those things. So as we've been, uh, just since I've been here, we've been talking to a few entrepreneurs, and we're laying out the thesis of, look, now what you can do is you can focus 100% of your time, your energy, your passion on what it is that you wanted to do in the first place. Yep. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I interact with folks uh, like, like Jeff or, or his peers, one of the things they say to me, frankly, once we get to dinner and have a couple of cocktails, they're like, you know, I'm kind of miserable in a way. Right. And I'll sure. say, you know, Pete, what do you mean? Well, you know, when I, when I started this, dot, 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 right, dot, right. this is what I used to yeah. do. And that's really the offer that we have is as we build and partner and acquire companies. I just sent out a letter of intent a couple of days ago. We haven't gotten it signed back, so we're not in the position to announce here at the show. Uh, it's going to be very exciting. However, that, that, that gentleman, as we mm-hmm. talked about it, he, when I said, look, I want to take you back to what got you into this game sure. in the first place. Yeah. And let us do all this other stuff because we're really good at it. And you can focus 100% of your passion mm-hmm. on what you wanted. And he said, more than the money, that's what's important to me. Sure. Because I don't get to do what, what, what my passion anymore. I'm yeah. doing all this other stuff. Hey, all it. that other stuff is handled. We have a recruiting department. We have an onboarding department. We have a human resource department. All that stuff will be handled. Right, and right. you can go back to what you're passionate about. And that's one of the things that I think was a great secret sauce of my old company is we would acquire people. The entrepreneur would stay for years and years and years and years. And then we'd give them capital and they'd go build even more things. Yeah, cool. So it, it's great. a really great partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Jeff, I, I'd say that's kind of how it's been playing out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the only part you missed is the legal team that you have now in house. Oh, but wow, that's helpful. <laughs> very helpful, so, right? There was a guy. Um, there was one of the guys that we work with. He's like, "Yeah, I had my, uh, I had my uh, in-house <laughs> legal guy on the phone the other day." I'm like, "Bro, you don't even have an in-house legal guy." So He's actually one of my account execs. I just yeah, said, exactly. "I just use his first name on the call." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. So, um, so as, as you say that, it's interesting. We're doing a, uh, we do these Halo Talks events, and and the next one we're doing is it's called Entrepreneurial Therapy. <laughs> having yeah. all the guys come in and be like okay look you know you want to go out into the market and say like yo i'm crushing it at the same yeah. time like you're bootstrapping this business and you can't tell people in the market you're bootstrapping the business because you're not going to get any <laughs> new business and you're going to lose people so yeah we're trying to give people like okay you can say what you want to say but in this room it's kind of like uh, aa for uh, ea or something right um much needed yeah so, you know, what, what do you guys have here at the show? What, what should people know about Daxco? You, you've got, obviously, a great brand. Sounds like you've got a great team and infrastructure. I'm glad we finally got a chance to, to talk here live. Uh, but what should people expect when they become a Daxco client? Yeah, I think what's exciting about the show is you're going to see it at our booth uh, a number of our brands. So we're going to have the, the CSI brand, 
Spectrum, uh, Club Automation, Zen Planner, which just services the boutique space, um, and then AAC. And I think that's one of the, the ones that, you know, um, is really exciting. So Affiliate Acceptance Corporation, which has been a leader in, you know, that space for a long time, yeah. is now part of our our, our team, and it's a, it's an offering that we can add on to our software products. Um, you're also going to see Group X Pro, one of our re- recent acquisitions. What does that do? So Group X Pro manages uh, group exercise programs. They're used by hundreds and hundreds of, of facilities across the country, managing the scheduling of the Group X classes. Um, also, which is probably one of the biggest struggles in an athletic club is managing the staffing, subbing, sure. certifications, and okay. all that. So, again, to Ron's point, another great product that we can come alongside the product does, we have. Do, does the Group X Pro do contribution margin per class or per hour? Or can you guys do that, please? Because <laughs> i got a lot of clients that need that. Yeah, they do some of that. Okay. Yeah, they do okay. some of that. It's, it's probably, you know, more focused on... Um, on the of, admin and the payroll, and yeah. well, it, it, which is a big you, issue, obviously. It, everything, everything works well when it works according to plan. Right. Right. But, but when you get into our world, nothing works according to plan. Right, right. So when you get into these uh, comprehensive clubs that have lots of group exercise programs, people get sick. Yeah. Right. Sure. They, they're on vacation. Yeah. Things come up. And so now you don't just have to worry about substituting the staff. You've got to go tell the 30 or 40 people who are coming into that class, hey, right. we're not going to have Jeff. We're going to have Pete. Well, maybe some people don't like Pete. Maybe people li- love yeah. Pete. Probably love Pete. And, and yeah, I don't he, know why we got to use me as an example here, but thanks, Ron. No, I didn't. All right. They love <laughs> Pete. They don't like Jeff. you got to update that real time. Yeah, of course, and doing of course, that manually, yeah. doing that manually oh. takes like a full-time person in the sure, club, and it's a sure. nightmare. Yeah, so and, they send it out, and they send it out 15 minutes before, which I've already committed to come, right? I'm on my way there. Yeah. Now, I'm just ang- now I'm just angry Correct. that I got this you know, person who used to work the front desk now, supposedly the, like the soul cycle instructor for the day. The, so. the other the other two themes I think if people visit our booth, they're going to find out is a, a real emphasis on connecting, connecting yeah. data, connecting with partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are investing, frankly, many, many millions in a very robust API program to connect with many, many other um, software providers to enable a better experience. So that's another huge theme. And then artificial intelligence and business process outsourcing. So mm-hmm. right now our clubs, especially those in major metro areas, um, hiring a billing clerk, hiring somebody on the phone, hiring somebody to follow up on CRM, things of that nature. It's really, really expensive and difficult yeah. to find and, and keep those sure. people. Yeah. So we're bringing both outsourcing capabilities as well as artificial intelligence. I just got uh, stopped by a club manager. This is, this is actually a pretty funny story. They, uh, they enabled our artificial intelligence tool, uh, and they had a campaign of people. They had 5,000 people who had credit on their gift cards, right? So I've got a, I've got a tennis lesson. I've got a spa appointment. I've got mm-hmm. a, you know, whatever it is. And they, they bundled this up and they turned it over to our artificial intelligence tool. And they thought, well, you know, it'd be nice if we got like 50 people. 75% of the people wow. contacted, contacted now. So they were flooded with 3,500 people saying, yeah, I'll come in for my tennis lesson or spa appointment. Well, wow, so they're burning just, down those sessions. Yeah. He just was like, That's this huge. thing 
this thing's unbelievable. And yeah. it and it costs peanuts to do that. Versus sure. if you had to hire somebody to call and email 5,000 people, it would cost you a boatload of money and it sure. would take three months. We were able to do this instantaneously and, and just blow them away with the results. Yeah, some, some of the things you're talking about here and, and the technology that, that you all built and, and are, that's operational and, and, and working in the sectors, I don't think people fully appreciate that when you run in a group X class and you got like 10 classes or 20 classes per day, you're basically running an airline. Yeah, okay, that's and every exactly hour right. yep. that plane leaves the gate. Yep. There's people on there. There's pilots that have to be changed. There, there's stewardesses. The place got to be cleaned. And I got to know every hour, okay, what did I make on that plane? Like, if you're the CEO of, of JetBlue, like, and you can't tell me how much you made on the flight from New York to, to San Diego, like, yeah. you shouldn't be the CEO anymore, right? Yep. So yeah. I think, you know, embracing the technology, understanding that it's coming from a place where you guys actually un- understand the industry. You know, yeah. you started out as, like, What's your frustration and how do I solve it? That's what a company is supposed to be. Yeah. And if it's like a bell and whistle, then it should be a product of a company that isn't necessarily a company. Let me jump yeah. in because yeah. I want to add what Pete said. The other thing about that Group X situation, everybody knows things come up, but we want to as consumers to be informed. Right. And the manual effort to try to inform people, it's impossible. And so people come to the Group X and they're like, wait a minute, I thought Pete was going to be here. That's what my thing says. Well, Pete got sick and we got Jeff. Right. Guess what happens? Now I'm in defection. Sure, and, the, sure. and the holy grail of this entire industry is member retention. Yep. So I, in my view, yes, the Group X, it, it does have a great return as far as the software. But what, what I think is the more the larger return that's hidden is the impact on re- member retention. Sure. And that's sure. the more powerful force. Yeah. And the, the other part of it is, you know, there are certain things that other companies are doing in, in other experiences that I have that are that are so good at doing it that I expect you as a club operator. Yeah. I don't care if you own one club. Like, I'm not giving you, um, you don't have a, you, you don't get a pass because I know you have one club. When I got SoulCycle, you know, allowing me yeah. to do what I want to do in New York. When I got Seamless Web doing this, when I got JetBlue doing this on the mobile app, I expect you to do it also because why, why are you different? You're, you're, you're providing me a service. Why should I give you a break? Because you're a mom and pop operator. It's not, yeah. it's not my problem, right? Yep. So, yep. Yeah. No, and I think what's interesting, Pete, and what we found is we want to give people options, right? So Ron's talked about, you know, we've talked about some of the acquisitions and and add-on products. Our our philosophy really is ultimately how do we best serve the club and then how do they best serve their members? So we've taken the philosophy that we are going to continue to build out our product side as robust as possible, but then be giving people options, whether it be through the API framework that we're building out to connect to other platforms, you know, um, so, and again, it really then just comes back to, for us, is trying to serve our customers who are serving their members, which kind of pulls back mm-hmm. into our mission. Um, and we're not doing it through one pathway, not just through APIs or not just through product. You know, we really want to provide the operators some some options. That's great. So, which is very unique. So, it's been great to, to meet you guys in, in person. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. I'm sure we'll do a lot of things together. We'll hopefully have you guys using the HALO as, uh, as the acronym for the industry when you get a chance yeah. to tell your uh, GI guys that we'd love to have them uh, have that as a category. And we'll send you guys with plenty of acquisition opportunities. So, if you are a club owner or a fitness studio and you want to sleep at night and you want to build your business successfully, talk to the guys that know what they're doing. So, Ron, thanks for coming on. Jeff, it's been a pleasure and uh, future success for everything you guys are doing. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome.